0: So how's everyone doing? We're going to we're gonna change it up a little. Um, I think so we're going to go back into some worship later on, but I'm going to share first. So um, who's been away on holiday already? No. Uh, who's, who's still going away? on? Who's still got their trip planned? Who's going like once everyone else has come back? Yeah, cool. Who's just, who's having a, um, what is it, a staycation? Who's having one of those this year? Just hanging around and getting the jobs done at home? Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> know those ones, eh? Oh, that is awesome. Hey, well it is um it is so good to have you here this morning and um it's we we're just we we're talking earlier with um 'Cause we had Christmas and so we had sort of like church picnics and then we find combined with our Levita campus. So we haven't been here for a couple of weeks. And it's actually it's nice to be it's nice to be back home, right? And be back together and, and just everyone and um yeah, I'm just genuinely so stoked to see you guys this morning. It's just nice to be back, eh? Um, so I was yeah, I was praying and and sort of thinking about what I wanted to to share this morning, sort of being the start of the year, we haven't haven't got a theme or anything that we're rolling with yet. And um, so it's really just praying, and going, seeing what was kind of on my heart and what I sort of felt God was was speaking to us. And and my um, my personal times when I've been reading and reading the Bible and stuff and, and I've just been reading through the story of Joshua again and it's, it's one of my favorites, right? And, and I'm I just want to share the first passage from you from Joshua chapter one. So just a little bit of context. Moses has just passed away and there's this promise, God has given them this promise so they can go into this promised land. But Joseph and Caleb had been one of the spies that had originally gone in and seen it. And, and they said, yeah, we can do it. Like, there are giants in this place, but but we know that God is with us. But the other spies that had gone in said, no, like the giants are too big and it can't happen and we'll be defeated and there's no way we could ever do this. And, and the people had let that fear grip their hearts. And, and so they hadn't been able to enter. And so there had been this whole generation that had to actually pass away in order for the next generation to rise up to be able to step into this promised land. And Moses has just passed away and Joshua has stepped up into this place of leadership to lead these people in this, this point where God's going, this is it. This is what you've been waiting for. This is, this is the time you guys can step into this now. And I can only begin to imagine, like, what that must have been like for him, right? Like, we've read the Old Testament and we see how how beautifully behaved all of the Israelites were, right? Like, who would be putting their hands up to lead that? Like, no deal, right? But he's stepping into this place, and this is something that he has seen in his heart. He has stepped into that land. He has walked those places. He has tasted of those massive grapes that it took two people to carry um, one of the branches of it back in. He has seen it for so long, and now he gets to take his people into it. But you can imagine that there's some some fear within his heart, because there were still battles to face. There was still... um, there were still kings and kingdoms, and and what they perceived as giants within these lands, because these, you know, the the warriors and their men were so big and so huge. And then he had this task of he now had to lead these people, and they had to make a new life for themselves in these places. But but God had these promises, and so God starts to speak to Joshua in Joshua chapter one, and in verse one he says, "After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' a Moses, my servant, is dead. Now then, you and all these people get ready to cross the Jordan River into the land I am about to give them to the Israelites. I will give you every place where you set your foot, as I promised Moses. Your territory will extend in the desert of Lebanon, to the, from the desert to Lebanon, and from the great river to the Euphrates, all the Hittite country, to the Mediterranean Sea in the west. No one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so will I be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Be strong and courageous, because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their ancestors to give them. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it from the left from the right or to the left that you may be successful wherever you go. Keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged, for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. And as I was thinking and as I was praying about this scripture, I just kind of felt that and was praying about you know this year and and the, the hopes and dreams that we have as a church and and the things that we want to see and the things that we're believing for and the things that we want to see happen in this community and and I just felt the Holy Spirit just prompting and going this is going to be a year where you need courage you know part of you goes gulp <laughs> when God says that right when he says be strong courageous because you're like oh heck there's something coming right but What struck me in amongst that passage was that God said to him, Be strong and courageous. And then he spoke to him again and he said, Be strong and very courageous. Be very courageous. He wasn't just like, Joshua, you just have to tentatively step into this. But he was like, Dude, I've got you. You can go with confidence into this place that I have given you. You have waited for this for so long. Step into it. Be very courageous. Be confident in what I have called you to. And that's what I kind of want to focus on this morning, not just being courageous, but what does it mean to step into that place of having that confidence and the promises that God has given us so that we can actually respond with a spirit and with a life that is very Courageous, right? I want to know that I want to live one of those lives. Do I have any friends in this place this morning that go, yeah? Actually, I want to live a life that is very courageous. Now, one of my one of my heroes is a is a pastor in the states called Pastor Tommy Barnett, and he is an amazing man in, in Phoenix who has an incredible heart for people in his community, and he started um, this thing alongside some people within his church called the Dream Center. And they have these amazing, amazing ministries where they're seeing lives and communities radically transformed in the most amazing of ways. So they have this one in Phoenix. And then a wee while after that, they actually started one in Los Angeles. And a few years ago, I got to go and and spend a week at this Dream Center. And oh my goodness, can I tell you, it is an incredible place. In the heart of some of the, the most broken places of downtown Los Angeles, some of the hardest um, places to work and move, and here is this church being this beautiful beacon of light, and ministry ministries just to all these different people. And and as I went there for the week and got to see all these different places and different areas and lives and communities that they were working in, and seeing God touch and move and shift and change in people's worlds, I also got to hear the stories. And some of the the staff that I was on the team. I got to hear their stories of how they have been the people within these communities and how God has radically healed and changed their worlds. And, and I'm just amazed, and I haven't got heaps of time to go into it. If you're interested, I encourage you to Google it. You can look it up, and you can see it's an incredibly remarkable ministry that's happening. And it's it's huge as well. Like, it's pretty daunting when you look at the size of it and the amount of people that they're feeding and the programs that they're running and the rehabilitation programs. They've got discipleship programs for um, teen girls, teen boys, um, guys and girls like these are ones where the courts within los angeles are recommending them to go and be in these places and and i got to spend a night in one of the girls homes and actually hear the testimonies of these girls and i mean these these were guys are being saved out of you know gang scenes like full-on la gangs and and god is doing these remarkable things and and i had the opportunity to um, hear from tommy barnett at a conference a couple of years ago and someone said to him you know if you if you had the opportunity to do this again what would you do differently? What do you? What do you kind of wish you knew? What would you? Would you do? And he said, "If I could do this again, I would have trusted God more, and I would have believed Him for more." And I remember sitting in that elective and going, "Holy smoke!" Like seeing what this man has achieved, like his his faith levels and and the scale on which they've seen God work and move, and literally thousands and thousands of lives that have been touched and changed. I was like, man, if that was my legacy, if I was him in 70 sitting there, like, I'd be pretty stoked with that, right? And go, yeah, no, like, I'm, I'm good. But there was something about him, and that's what really kind of spoke to me, was actually he was sitting there said, "Now, and when he was sitting there at 70, and seeing the faithfulness of God, and seeing how God had worked and moved, he's like, man, I wish I'd taken more risks. I wish I'd stepped out and and been more courageous because I know that God was there. And now that I've seen the hand of God working and moving, I know that there is more in his heart for that. Isn't that an incredible challenge? What does it mean to step into the land of very courageous so that we can be sitting here on this side and going, man, we can say yes to everything that is in God's heart because I want to live that kind of life. I want to live that life that if God is willing and able to move, that I want to have confidence to step into his promises, being very courageous, being confident in the confidence that he has in the situation and in the place to be able to work and move, right? So, what does it mean to actually be able to increase our courage, to be able to grow in this? And so I started looking into it and doing a bit of research. And, and it's interesting, actually, that a lot of the neuroscience that's coming out around encouragement around and these studies and all that sort of stuff around it was that they've said that courage can actually be developed or it can be atrophied. Interesting, eh? So it is something that we can be actively developing in our lives or it's something that can grow stagnant. That's something that they can actually measure within the science. But I thought it was also interesting when they said, what are the things that you need to develop courage? the first one was a willingness to act. So it actually starts with that ability to step out and to do something with it. And the second thing, the ability to manage our fear and anxiety in order to maintain the ability to act. So I guess we can ask ourselves this question. In order to be very courageous, to live lives that say yes to everything that is in God's heart, what is it that we are scared of? Because that's the thing that is going to atrophy our courage this year. Rather than allow us to act and to step into it. I think we've all got something, right? What is it this year that scares you the most? What does it mean for us to take the things that scare us and hold those against the truth of what God actually has? Because I think the things that scared Joshua was there are many battles to fight within this land. Even though he had stepped in and he had seen it, he still knew the battles. He knew that God was with him, but he'd also seen this eyes of the giants. I think maybe he was fearful of, could he lead these people? Was he enough? How he'd seen what Moses had to go through in order to do that. And now that was his responsibility. There's always going to be things that scare us. But what does it mean to identify those things and to go, I'm not going to allow that to atrophy my courage but to recognize what that is to work through it and to hold it to the truth of what God actually says and what God actually wants to do and to with confidence step into that and see our courage actually begin to grow Uh, over New Year's, I was down with the team in, in Queenstown and Wanaka with our Red Frogs team. So it's an outreach that we have. with, have it in the, the universities, we're at the, um, the concert and stuff that was on in Hagley Park last night. And, and it's really just being a presence within those spaces. So we were handing out water, we were running safe zones, and we were working with police and the council the um, Queenstown Lakes District Council in order to um, have spaces where either police or our team if they found young people or people that needed a safe place to come they could bring them into those spaces we're feeding them and caring for them and and working through pathways to make sure that they got home safely and all these different things and part of what we had was roaming teams who were walking around um, Wanaka and and Queenstown in these designated areas and some of them had water packs and some of them had the red frogs lilies and Um, And they really, their role was to interact and connect and see if people were okay, but also look out for people that were on the fringes. Because if someone's feeling unwell or feeling upset, often they'll, um, you know, they're not going to hang around with their friends, right? They go and they find a quiet space where they can be in there. And and so they were really looking out for those ones. And there was um, this zone, if you know, the lakefront of Queenstown, right? So that was one of the zones that they had. And part of it was lit, and then the part that goes round towards the gardens was actually dark. And so they would go and they would check that, because if someone was upset or feeling unwell, that's often the places where they were going to go, and they, they actually ended up finding quite a few people along that that lakefront that they were able to um, check in on and care for and support. And But they started calling it the dark zone, right, because they had radios and stuff, and they had to radio into our HQ, so our team always knew where our teams and stuff were, and so... And they um, fondly nicknamed it the dark zone. So their radio and go, oh, I'm walking along the lakefront, and, oh, we're going into the dark zone now. And so I think they they called their HQ mothership. So they're like, mothership, mothership, we're going into the dark zone. <laughs> I'm like, sure, whatever, guys, whatever floats your boat. And um, so that was fun. So one of the teams was going into the dark zone, and at and our debrief, one of the guys actually shared with me, and he was, he was in his early 20s, and he said he was really struck by they have been praying, and they were going in and they praying and believing that you know God's going to use them, and as I say, they found some people, and they had some amazing you know connections and conversations, and were able to really practically love and care for some of the people that they found in those spaces. But what got his heart was that on one of the trips that they were going in, there was randomly this little boy sitting on a swing um, in the dark zone, and they were like, "What do I don't think it was like that dark, so it's okay like we weren't calling sifs or anything yet." Um, but this little boy, like, yells out to the team and goes, excuse me, excuse me. And this this young guy in you know, his early 20s and stuff, and he's like, yeah? Like, hey, mate, like, how are you going? And this little kid turns around to him and goes, excuse me, I just need to tell you that you're beautiful on the inside and on the outside. And he was really like, what on earth, <laughs> like, but for him, he just felt the sense of the Holy Spirit and go, actually, he felt like God was using that little kid. And there was an encouragement that came within his heart, and he was just reminded that God was already working in the dark zone before he even got there. In the most unexpected ways and places, God was still there. He was just getting in line and in step with what God was already working and doing, right? And I think that there's an awesome lesson in that and the things that scare us and the things that lay before us, that God is already working in the dark zone. God is already present in those places and so we don't need to be fearful of it. Instead, we can learn what it is to be very courageous and begin to step into those places. See, in verse 8, God says to Moses, and if we can chuck it back up on the screen again, is that possible? In verse 8, he says, Keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. So he's saying commit this stuff to memory. Your mind is important. What is happening, what you are building, what you are thinking, what you are actually speaking and letting take root is important. See so the fear can either step into our lives and we can feed that. Or we can remind ourselves of the promises that are God's Like Joshua, the promises that have gone before him. We can remind ourselves of the promises that God has for us and the promises that have gone before. And as I say I was as I was looking into this stuff and I found it really interesting. And um, a cognitive neuroscientist by the name of Carolyn Leaf, some of you guys might have heard her, she does these amazing podcasts. And she's got some incredible research on how the brain actually works. And she says that actually when we go to sleep, when we wake up in the morning, every time we get an an amount of brain matter that we're to use each day, right? And what that brain matter is there, and it's designed to be uh, molded into our brains and to be absorbed and to make um, pathways. And she said, what we do that is by learning new things. And if we don't actually learn these new things, then that brain matter actually sits within our brains and it becomes toxic waste. And that actually... Um, contributes to to mental health and all those sorts of things. Super interesting, right? It's funny, when I've had conversations with people about this over summer, the, their response is generally, like, man, I've got a lot of toxic waste sitting there, right? <laughs> but just the importance of going, actually, our brains are created every single day to learn new things. And as she talks about a lot of the work and stuff that she's done with people and actually helping them um, with a lot of uh, brain injuries and recoveries and all that sort of stuff, she said that one of the things that is most important to good brain and mind health is actually the ability to learn new things. And she said it can be as simple as actually sitting and reading for half, for half an hour, reading the newspaper, learning something new that is happening in this world. She said, you know, there's all these sorts of things and, and people that... Um, She said, you know, it's actually super important that we do this, and that's what helps us to get momentum and actually every day to be using that brain matter and shaping it into ways that help us to have healthy minds and good mental health, right? Interesting, eh? So isn't it amazing that God has created our minds to every single day be learning new things about Him, whether that's stuff within His creation, stuff within His world, and it's something that we can really practically and actively do. Even if it's just in our quiet times, we can engage that, you know, in different ways, it should just be learning new things and going, man, what is it that God's got us to discover? He's creator of the entire universe, right? And he has got us there and he's wanting to show us all of these things. And so I love that he said, actually, learn these things, commit these things to to mind. Let them always be on your lips. Meditate on it day and night because God understands our minds and our hearts and our spirits, right? And so as we actively engage in these things, God is working in and through that. See, I pray this year that as we continue to go deeper into the things of God, that we are bold enough to actually have courageous conversations. To spend time with God in these places, and to not come with fear, but to step into that very courageous and to have courageous conversations with God. There was a um, a pastor in the states, and he had a man come and, and knock on, on knock on the church door, and and just ask him, you know, randomly, he's like, "Can I can I just spend some time in the church for a little bit?" And that guy's like, um, "Sure." Like, he's like, "I just I really need to have some have a conversation with God." And so this man went in and he, he said, and he was, he seemed quite concerned about this decision that he had to make. And he was weighing it up and he ended up saying to the pastor, he said, I've got to make a big decision in my work life. This is either going to blacklist me or it's going to be something of significance. And I really need to hear from God on what I'm going to do. And so he chose to have this courageous conversation with God and to sit in these places. And this man, a few weeks later, became the first man to assign an African-American baseball player to the major leagues. Something that was radically life-changing within that nation, right? And for the people that were able to be a part of it. See, I pray this year that we are willing to have courageous conversations with God, that we will not allow our fear to atrophy our faith, but instead choose to build courage within our lives. So let's determine that whatever it is we are going to face this year, whether it be medical conditions, the challenges of tough relationships, our work situations, family situations, this very community that God as a church and as a campus has entrusted to us, I hope that we would be willing to engage in courageous conversations with Him about it and be willing to step into those places. What would it mean this year to have very courageous people who knew the truth and promises of God in the building industry, in the banking world, in schools and universities, in the medical world, in homes and communities, and in families? What would it mean for us to know what God's heart is for these places? and to say yes and amen to everything that is in his heart for these people. See, courage can also be determined by conviction. See, Joshua and Caleb, they had seen the land, they knew the the promises that God had given them, so they were stepping into that place with a conviction that they knew God was in and through it. But courage can also come from a desperation as well. Because as soon as we turn the page in our Bibles, we see the story of Rahab, a woman who had heard about what God has done and is in that place of knowing that actually my house is in the wall that is going to be destroyed. I know that you are coming. I know that God has given you this place. And I know that that currently I don't have a hope within my people. But out of a desperation, she came and appealed with mercy and became part of the lineage of our very Savior, right? God's plan and God's purpose was in and amongst it. So it doesn't matter if you're sitting in this place in some of the situations that you are facing this year, you don't know whether your courage is going to come by a desperation or by a conviction. To be honest, I don't think it matters, right? Because I think it's the same God that works in and through it. See, the amazing thing is that for Joshua, he knew that God was with him. He had these promises. We have all of those same promises, but we also have two wild cards sitting in our hands. We have the wild card of Christmas and the wild card of Easter that we get to play at any point. The wild card that God is with us and that at Easter, God took every sin upon himself, everything that was ever going to separate us from the Father, and gave his righteousness upon us and put us in perfect relationship with the Father, there was no longer any shame that we could freely come before him, knowing his full love, knowing the depth of relationship that he has for us, right? And now, his spirit doesn't just go with us. His spirit is within us. That same spirit that resurrected Christ from the grave, now lives within us. So, what does it mean this year to press into the Holy Spirit? What does it mean to allow Him to speak to the areas that we have been afraid of, to speak to those things that scare us? You know, when um, you know, on the on phone or whatever, like you download an album. Uh, because you like you like one song, but then you put your phone on shuffle and you get a whole lot of other random songs start playing, right? Anyone else do that? Yeah. So I was doing that over the holidays, and there was this song that started playing, and um, to start with, I thought it was a bit naff, right? It was um, by Mercy Me, and it was called Ghost. <laughs> and to start with, I was like, what on earth are they singing about? Um, and it was this line starts off, there's a ghost, there's a ghost that lives inside of me, not like the one's, in old bed sheets, right? And it talks about, like, you know, these different kinds of ghosts. And I'm like, what even is this song? But it's funny because it kept popping up. And over the last couple of weeks, I'm like, oh, man, God's been wrecking something in me, right? Because he said, it's not like those ghosts that used to be fearful. Like, I'm not afraid anymore. Because now it's the Holy Ghost that's within us. And then it finishes with lead me through the darkness, lead me through the unknown, lead me, Holy Ghost. I go, man, what does it look like this year to step into dark places, to lead within your families, to lead within your workplaces, to have courageous conversations with people, to share the words of knowledge and of hope, and a promise and of comfort that God has placed within your heart and in your life for the people around you. But there's a moment where we go, what if I got it wrong? What if I say the wrong things? What would it look like to actually be able to step with confidence, very courageously, and to be able to share those things with people, to be able to share the good news that you have found, to know God's peace, to know God's breakthrough? to start to see radical things happen within our community where God is working and moving. So what does it mean to let go of some of the old? Because in order to be courageous, that means a reliance on God's resources and not just on what is within our control. What are the things that we have to actually be willing to lay down before him in choosing courage over control? And stepping into these new places. So I want to encourage you. What are you believing for this year in your life? And what are you praying for, for us as a church? Team, do you want to come back up? What are the things that God is starting to place within our hearts? What are the lands that God is starting to give us? What are the giants that we're starting to look at and rather than being fearful, going... Man, what if that could shift? What if that could change? What if God was with us and was working in and through that? What are the promises? What are the places that we could actually start stepping into as a church? Um, this week, Craig Rochelle posted a thing on his Instagram and it messed with me a little bit. And I want to show it to you guys. Um, he posted this picture. He said, to reach people no one is reaching, we have to do things do things no one is doing. What does it mean this year to be a courageous church? Last night I sat at a music festival in a medical tent, and I had young person after young person coming in for a whole lot of different reasons, and we could very easily have sat and judged their life choices in that moment. But as they recognized something in the Holy Spirit, of the Holy Spirit within us, and they started to trust our team and to tell some of these stories, under every single one of them, there was pain that they didn't know how to heal. And I sat there because I knew that there was a Jesus that could heal their pain. Church, we need to be courageous this year we need to deal with some of our stuff we need to deal with some of our fears we need to deal with some of the things that scare us because we need to be a church that is willing to do things that other people aren't doing so that we can reach people that aren't currently being reached because what God has put within us is too good what God has put within us is too powerful the promises that he has for these people, for his children, for his sons and daughters. We can't let them keep living in these places. One of the girls that I got to sit with, and I can't tell you her story, but I can tell you it would break your heart. And there was a moment where I felt like God actually had something for her. And um, I was like, oh, I'm seeing there's medics around, there's police officers. And I was like, what do I do? What do I do? I was like, she's going back to the UK in a couple of weeks. But she she had for a moment, she had her pain with me. And she said, I haven't talked about this with anyone in a long time. And I said to her, I've walked with people this journey before, and I've seen the goodness and the faithfulness of God. And where they had previously had the same pain, now they sing a song of praise before their Jesus because that pain is not there anymore. And she started to cry because she said, really? And I was able to share the story of the prodigal son with her. And I said, yeah, because this is what Jesus is like. This is what Jesus said the father is like. And I said, you know, there was a son, who wanted to try all of the things. So he went to his father and he asked for his inheritance. And he went and he took it and he tried it and he thought, we know what happens. He got to the place where he's like, this is not what I thought it was going to be. This has not left me any better off than what I had before. It has left me with more hurt and more pain. Even the slaves in my father's house have more than what I have right now. Maybe if I go home, maybe my father might let me come as a slave. But what happens? He starts walking home, thinking that he's going to approach as a slave. But the father's standing at the gate. He's been watching. He's been looking out for him. That's the kind of love that the father has for every single person. And I was able to share that with her and she just had tears streaming down her face. And she said, really? Really? Because she had so much pain and so much brokenness and so much shame. She's like, how could anyone love me like that anymore? And I don't know what God's going to do in that moment, but at least I was able to share with her the hope that I had found. I was able to share the truth with her. God's already in the dark places. God's already in the dark zone. He's just calling us to get in line with Him, to keep in step so that we can follow Him. And just like He said to Joshua, I believe that that same promise still stands. He's like, you don't have to just tentatively step into these places, into these lands that I'm giving you. You don't have to tentatively step into your healing. Whether it's out of conviction or out of a place of desperation, you can very confidently step into everything that I have for you this year. So, church, what does it mean to come before Him? What does it mean to be filled again or even filled for the first time with His Holy Spirit so that we can be well equipped to that which He has called us to? Would you stand with me as we go back into a time of worship? And we're going to sing a song, Touch of Heaven. And I want to encourage you this morning. Maybe the first part of being courageous and stepping into the, some of this stuff is actually hopping out of your seat. And it's not that there's any more of an anointing down here than there is up there. But sometimes actually the act of actually stepping out and going, okay, God, I'm going to step into this is part of the journey as well. You might want to come down and just spend some time before God, or you might even want someone to stand with you and pray with you. I can tell you, you know, recently I was I was wrestling with some things around this fear journey. There was some stuff that I just couldn't kind of get past, and it was consuming some of my thoughts, and was actually hindering some of the stuff that I was able to step into. And I was able to share with this with a good friend and with a mentor and This older woman who came alongside me and prayed with me, and I can tell you in the last couple of months, there has been a significant shift and break of some of that stuff in my life because our God is good, right? He is faithful, but He will also redeem and restore us to a relationship. So if there's some things that you're actually praying and you're believing for breakthrough, when you talk about the things that scare you, why don't you come down and have someone stand with you and pray with you? and believe for healing, and believe for breakthrough in those areas. Let's lean in this morning, church. Let's do everything. Let's not come before God tentatively or with any kind of fear in our hearts. But let's go. Let's let this stuff go so that God can put more of Himself within us so that we can be a church that is willing to do very courageous things. Would you lean in? So if you want to come down, you're more than welcome to. If you want to stay in your seat, you can. But let's just press in and go, God, We want to say yes and amen to everything that is in your heart this morning.